Hey there, sister. Welcome to Girl Out of Order, a podcast for women like me taking actual steps to more fully embrace their unique selves and stop trying to fit into someone else's mold. I'm your girl, Christine, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur, lawyer, and mama to my very own girl gang. I am fired up to help women transform what seems broken into the fuel they need to become the champions of their own damn lives. On Girl Out of Order, you'll find a community without comparison, a place where you can come as you are, but leave changed and inspired to never again deny a single part of your beautiful self in a quest to fit in. So if you're tired of feeling like you're too much and yet never enough, Girl Out of Order is your home. When you start believing that not fitting in is the perfect fit, contentment, vision, and joy will surely follow. So girls, if you're ready to do the brave work, come on in and let's get started. Welcome back to Girl Out of Order. I am so happy that you have rejoined me on the second installment in our Dream Chasers series. We are talking about unconventional ways that women chase their dreams. And I have an amazing treat for you today. I have brought on a guest that is one of the people that I admire most in the entire universe. Her name is Lydia Davis, and she is the owner and operator of Living Full Kombucha. And this woman is the epitome of taking an unconventional path and chasing hard after her dreams. So I am so excited to introduce you today to not only my best friend, but one of the most inspiring people I know, Lydia Davis. Lydia Davis, welcome to the Girl Out of Order podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. We have been dreaming about this since probably early 2019, wouldn't you say? It's been several years and now we're we're doing it. We're we here. Are, we are finally doing the damn thing. And uh, full disclosure, I, like I said earlier, Lydia is my bestie and we have been on a oddly similar and yet totally different path <laughs> towards chasing our dreams. And wow, that made a lot of sense when I said it out loud, but it's actually quite true. Lydia and I have a very unconventional friendship and it has been nothing short of a miracle that we found each other in this life. I love her to the ends of the earth. Um, and yet if you were to see our lives on paper, it would make wouldn't you say very little sense to anybody? Yes. Okay. Can we break it down for them a little bit? Please. We got to tell them how we met at first. Let's, Go. Let's set the scene a little bit. Set it up. Okay. So backtrack. Um, I moved to the area uh, in Illinois. I moved from Indiana over to Illinois and I was a teacher. We'll get into this in a little bit, but I was teaching at a local high school in the area and I was looking for some extra cash and I'm like, what can I do on the side? And I go on one of those, uh, you know, babysitting websites. I think it was care.com. And Christine had posted uh, a little a little blurb about her family and she was looking for a nanny for her four girls. And I don't know, you know, I was looking for somebody like a family that had somewhat older children and they were all, what, what ages? I think Sophie was in second grade. So that was the youngest all the way up to seventh grade. Probably. Yes. Sounds right. Yes. And so I reached out to Christine. I was like, hey, I would love to meet you and see if maybe we could be a good fit. 
And right away, she messaged me saying that I was already going to interview somebody else, right? Didn't you yeah, say I th- that? Yeah, I was actually about 30 minutes away from hiring, hiring a different candidate. And there was something about your message that stuck out to me. And I thought, why not give her a chance? Yeah, so long story short, I come over. She gives me the gig. Awesome. She's my boss, right? <laughs> so kind of a funny start, right? Yeah. But I got to know her girls and I was their nanny for a couple of years. But through that, our friendship really blossomed and we got to really know each other, um, but in a kind of unique way, in a sense, because uh, we saw each other at our most interesting points. You know, <laughs> I'm in her house every day. I get to see what's in her trash. <laughs> oh, okay. Stop right there. Yes. It's not often that you... Um have a best friend that has literally folded your underwear. Yes, but you know, I felt comfortable also. <laughs> it, you know, we, we got to just know each other really well. And it was just so unique because just being in your house and feeling I, I was truly at home, I was just drawn to being around you. And naturally, I mean, my schedule allowed that I was around you all the time. And so I just wanted to get to know more of you because you had a zest for life that I just, I couldn't really put into words yet, but I felt drawn to as a person. And I don't know, our friendship really blossomed from there. What do you think? Well, it's interesting that you'd say that because the time that you came into my life was probably some of the hardest years of my life. And so um, what I think makes one of the uh, multitude of reasons that makes you, things that makes you so special is that you have a superpower of seeing people at their core, even when they're not necessarily living out their best. I don't know if that makes sense, but you were able to see a zest for life that frankly I had lost. And I think throughout our friendship, we have helped one another Mm. recover and and even discover a deeper zest, not only for life, but also for chasing our dreams, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And so what makes our friendship so unique isn't just the way that we met, Mm. but how very, very different we are. And before I have Lydia explain, literally, it's almost hysterical how different we are. I just wanted to point out for you, my sweet, dear listeners, do not discount the potential of friendships that might be right in front of you just because they may not make sense on paper. Because when you are chasing your dreams, oftentimes, the most important, I wouldn't say most important, one of the most potent parts of being a dream chaser is finding that person you can chase dreams alongside. Even if they're not the same dreams, you can find somebody that will be on your team, you'll be on her team, and you're just that much stronger and more confident. So when those dips come, you've got that person that's gonna tell you to get the hell up help dust you off and get you back in the race. And that's what my Lydia does for me. So I'm going to have her tell you now. I feel like, I'm sorry, we should make that t-shirt, you know, (laughs) be with the people that you can chase dreams alongside. We should get friend t-shirts. That's your first merch we're going to have on the website. T-shirts? Okay. Excellent. T-shirts. All right. Anyway. Actually, I've always wanted to do the muscle t-shirts for Mm. our big muscles. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. All right. Little squirrel moment there, but we're back. So, Before we dive into Lydia's uh, unconventional path, I'm going to have Lydia tell you literally just how different we are because eventually we're going to have one of those podcasts where we just have conversations and tell stories about our friendship. (laughs) Super hilarious. But tell, tell our listeners 
how unbelievably different we actually are. Oh, goodness. You gotta start with our ages, though. Okay. It's the I, only rule I have. <laughs> we are starting with the ages. We're starting with the ages. Okay, so uh, to put in perspective, I am 32. Christine, you are? Not 32. Mm-mm. mm-mm. No. No. I am 51. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh. That's, even when I say it out loud, I can't stop smiling. I am almost two decades older than my best friend, and yet she still wants to hang out with me. It's so cool. <laughs> so, yes, age is one thing, but... Okay, there's some other things. Like right now, uh, I have I, I'm a vegan and I don't like meat. I don't eat meat or dairy. <laughs> and did you hear that little? <laughs> you know that that's my friend Christine, who is the ultimate meat lover. And you grew up, I mean, on the farm. So I yeah. mean, I can't put that against you. But vegan, non-vegan. And then if you get to meet Christine in real life, or you get to see her on her socials, and you get to know her that way, you're gonna know that uh, she wears every color under the sun. In fact, if she could wear tie-dye every day, she she would. Do I like color? No, I have three colors, gray, white, and black. So <laughs> that's all I ever wear. <laughs> okay, funny color story. Well, first of all, yes, I would wear tie-dye. Every shade of tie-dye I could, anything with glitter. Um, but Lydia, when I um, we went on a vacation together and she was so excited because she bought a shirt just because she thought it would make me feel happy. And it was like army green. And she <laughs> thought that would make me happy because it's color. That is not color. (laughs) That is not color. That is camouflage. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Again, differing. (laughs) But, and then lastly, oh goodness. I would say that also, this is an interesting one, maybe a little deeper, but um, I don't have children. And I, my husband and I are actually, we say child free. And it's not like I hate kids. I was your nanny. I freaking love your daughters. I hope you don't hate kids. Oh gosh, no. If, if anything, I feel like, Christine, your, your daughters are like my daughters. And in fact, aren't I like their godmom in a sense? Didn't I sign a piece of paper a little no, bit? Um, in my head you did, yes. Okay, yes. Pretty sure I did. But um, that's just another interesting fact. But goodness, we could just go back and forth. Again, I think this is a future episode, don't you think? Yes. Just, it, it's like the yin-yang thing. Yes? We're just yes. so polar opposites, but yet it makes sense. And if you saw us together and hopefully you catch from this vibe on this podcast <laughs> that we just go together and she's my best friend. I'm just so excited to be here today. Okay. And I have to point out one other difference because it, it's just funny and it just gives you a little flavor of how different our approaches are to life. Um, I live in a four, almost 4,000 square foot home on a half an acre. And my dear friend, where do you live? I live in a single wide trailer and I always want to live in one of those tiny homes. You know what I'm talking about, right? And we love it, my husband and I. We, we live in a, a little trailer home and I just, I love minimalism and just not having a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's my jam. So I don't. <laughs> so I don't. I have claustrophobia, but like her trailer is literally like, I don't know if anybody's Harry Potter fans, but if you've hung out with me for any amount of time, you probably figured out I'm a Harry Potter fanatic and her trailer is like the tents at the um uh the quidditch world cup if you've never watched it just ignore me where you it looks like a little tent but you walk inside and it's like glorious like it's it really is um so different than i was expecting but anyway thanks pal i know well i love your trailer and i love you me too okay so that's just a little flavor of our unconventional friendship but the ties that bind is (laughs) are that lydia and i are just freaking dream chasers. We both go to sleep dreaming about the impact we want to make on this world. And we wake up determined to make that impact on this world. Even though we have different focuses for our dreams, 
we both believe that God has placed a very clear and focused calling on our hearts and we are living out truly unconventional approaches to our careers, our finances, and our impact that we want to make on this glorious world with this one gorgeous life that we've been given. So Lydia, I want you just to give our listeners a little backstory about your traditional path and then we'll talk about what made you pivot. Yes. So backtracking a little bit, and this has probably been at this point now, okay, the last 10 years. So let's rewind 10 years ago, okay? I just graduated from um, college as a teacher, and my entire family went to school to be teachers. And so I fit the mold too. I went to school at the school that all of my cousins went to to become a teacher. There was a very mapped out world for me, right? So I go to school, and I was in Indiana, and I decided to teach, uh, and I got my degree in special education. And so I taught adults with disabilities, various disabilities, and I, I loved my job. Absolutely loved it. I, I just even talking about it right now. I think Christine can see in my eyeballs that I'm lighting up still about it because there's still a huge calling. I'll get back to that in a little bit. But I was a teacher for seven years, a traditional public school teacher, and my teaching career did lead me over to another state because while I was in college, I met the love of my life, and his job brought us over to Illinois, which is where I met Christine. Um, and I continued teaching for, again, like I said, um, seven years. But it was during that seventh year that I started feeling a tug uh, in a different direction. I was kind of scared about that a little bit. I, I didn't know exactly what it was. There wasn't a concrete step of what to do, but there was an undeniable calling that I should be following something. So, um, and just to backtrack a little bit too, this is also when I'm nannying with Christine and being with her and we were starting to have some of these conversations in like 2019 about having that mm -hmm. tug, yes? Yep, yep. Okay, mm -hmm. so just real quickly about that. So what happened is that at the beginning of 2019, and I think I told this um, story in my last episode, how I was really woke up with this just burning awareness of being disconnected from other women and then wanting to um, connect with women. And that like led to my, like, I want to impact women. And Lydia was with me every step of the way. And we, we went and saw the Rachel Hollis documentary. Mm. Remember that? Yes. And then we, we had a couple like, quote, I'll call them retreats where we were just dream building. And I think that's when it all kind of started because I don't think at that time, kombucha was really on the radar but you yes. just knew that you there was you you knew you were made for more you knew that there was something different you felt a stirring would that be fair absolutely and it's so neat that you brought up our little retreat because literally if you can imagine Christine and I, we went to your in-laws house yes. for the weekend and literally she got like those life-size post-it notes. You know what I'm talking about? Love and those. she posted them all around the sunroom on the windows and we got Sharpies of all different colors, of course, for Christine. And we just brainstormed, what can we do? What, where is this going? Where does our hearts think it's supposed to go? And we were trying to develop and uh, uncover essentially yeah. what that next step could be. Yes. And I really didn't know about kombucha yet, but uh, it was leading me towards that. I remember we looked at our Enneagram styles. Ooh, we'll get into we that. we took that. Oh my goodness. We're so that, different. That was a huge, <laughs> oh, could you, could you imagine? I know it's probably not a shocker now that you've heard a little <laughs> bit of us riffing, but um, yeah, we, we really got to, that was a big tool to us to yes. finding out what was next on our, our paths. But yes, that was, that's fair to say that that was a huge turning point for both of us in our journeys. I'm going to put a little plug in here for the Enneagram because I have an Enneagram series on my heart that is definitely coming. I am um, 
almost obsessive about the Enneagram. And if you are not familiar with what the Enneagram is, it is um, to boil it down on maybe a little bit unfairly. It's a personality test. But if um, the plug is Google Enneagram, go to the Enneagram Institute, take the test. It is one of the most potent self-discovery tools you will ever be exposed to. Okay, plug over. Back to Lydia's. So what happened? You were developing this burning like desire to do something, but mm-hmm. what happened after that? Yes. So in the midst of teaching as well, um, you know, there are some unhealthy tendencies that I was having at that time. And I wanted to kind of get into this because I feel like this will resonate with some people. Um, the people that I worked with, they were fantastic, right? They were great people to work alongside, but I couldn't help but find out that I was just, I don't know how else to say it, but I was putting off a different energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, the energy that I was projecting out was almost not like a higher vibe, but I don't know. It was just looking forward to something. Mm -hmm. And, um, everyone who was around me was almost looking backwards. It seemed like there was just a a big trend of almost negativity as well. And, Mm -hmm. um, not really forward thinkers and not that everybody's going to jump ship and go be an entrepreneur. That's not what I'm getting at, but the people that I want to surround myself with, I want to be my best self around. Mm -hmm. And I felt these people were not really doing that. Okay. Would it be fair to say, cause we've, I mean, we've mm-hmm. been to Tony Robbins together and, you know, my, I've got my t-shirt where focus goes, energy flows. Mm. And w- is it fair to say that when you would go to work, you'd go to work with your, with your high vibe energy, focusing on that and your, your energy would go there, but then you found yourself kind of alone. Like people weren't focusing on positive high vibe. Absolutely. Yes, I think that was the perfect way to say that. And there were parts about the public school system that in general just were not matching with me anymore. I I really wasn't finding as much joy in it. Teaching, actually being in front of the students, I loved. I absolutely loved. But it became such a small portion of what I had Mm -hmm. to do between all the administration things, going to different stuff I was coaching at the time, all this stuff put together. Mm -hmm. It was fearing very overwhelming and also not a match anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then let's... Fast forward Mm. to talking about like what change that made you make this major pivot. Actually, you know what? I think before we do that, we haven't even really talked about what you do. Mm. So why don't why don't you tell people what introduce people to what living full kombucha is, and then let's unpack what made you pivot towards that. Interesting. I like how you're coming in the store. Okay. Um, So I now own a company called Living Full Kombucha. And if you're unfamiliar, kombucha is a beverage and it's a fermented tea. When I think tea, I think hot tea, sweet tea. It doesn't taste anything like that. In fact, it's it's a living tea essentially because it's full of bacteria that is really beneficial for your body. Almost like yogurt has bacteria in there, kimchi, sauerkraut. All of those things have good bacteria that's going to bring your body to balance, okay? And so I brew this kombucha in larger batches, and right now I'm bringing that to my community at farmer's markets and different things like that. Um, And also retailers now. And also retailers. Yes, I have several retailers, so like coffee shops, health food shops, and things like that. But what led me into that and why I called it living full, because living, like I mentioned, kombucha is truly a living drink. And so that was important that I had living in the name, but living full, or really I should say fully, is to me a verb. Because going back to what I was saying before about having that high vibe energy, I feel that living full almost parallels with vibrancy, joy, uh, just, you know, what's coming next, that forward thinking mentality. And living full to me incorporates all of those things in its name. And like I said, living with the kombucha. Additionally, I taught adults with disabilities in the school system. 
And um, what I'd like to do, and I'm on the path, I'm actually really close, I'll get to that in a little bit, is open what I'm deeming an inclusive kombucha tap room. So I'm gonna have a place where people can come in and get a drink of kombucha at the bar. And I'd like to employ the adults that I once had in the classroom. And so it's almost like an unconventional classroom in itself. And so I would restructure it and have them there. So to me, living full is full of opportunities and full of optimism, yes. I just have to jump in here because mm. I'm like grinning from ear to ear because this is what I'm talking about. When you have, um, when you when you create a tribe of women and friendships that are dream chasers, like I'm grinning because I have been able to bear witness to this dream from its embryonic stage to now my best friend getting her own tap room and I can't stop smiling. I'm getting emotional because seeing her chase her dreams with all of the wobbliness and the uncertainties and the dips and the in and the and the questions and then the joys and I, being able to watch that and being able to bear witness to it it inspires my own dream chasing so plug number two for finding a tribe of dream chasing buddies for lack of a better term um, because then you get to sit here and watch it and and be able to share in that joy all right so thank you for telling us about living full kombucha and please if you don't know about kombucha look it up because i'll be honest I was not sold. Now you have it in your fridge. And now I actually bought some on purpose. <laughs> That's not yours. Let's I know. When she said fermented tea, I said you lost me at fermented. Um, but I stuck with it. And it's really hard not to become interested and passionate about something when you see somebody like Lydia with so much passion for what she does. And I hope you heard what I think is the most important part of living full kombucha, it's that she has a purpose behind her business. It's not just to make money. It's not just to sell a drink that she likes. She wants to impact lives and she wants to give back. So she's taking aspects of her conventional, traditional path and she's looking for unconventional ways to serve the adults with disabilities community. And I know this has been her dream and I'm so excited that it's getting closer and closer. So what, Lydia, was it? I mean, can you point to a time where you're like, this is the thing, I've got to pivot. I'm going to have friends in the back of my head. I'm trying really hard not to go pivot. Oh, I did it anyway. <laughs> did it anyway. But what what was it that made you make this major shift? Because you walked away from a really good income with a pension, with benefits. security, mm. with benefits to open Living Full Kombucha. Mm. Why? Tell us why. What made you pivot? Especially during years six and seven, I would say. Um, the school system was really starting to wear down on me, um, not just physically, but more mentally. And, you know, every teacher, if you are a teacher yourself, um, it's a different experience for everyone. Um, but while I was wearing down more mentally, uh, I was looking and exploring other avenues that would bring me joy, bring me life. And uh, I never really had any hobbies outside of teaching. I really have always thrown myself into whatever job I have. It becomes my life. I'm, I'm truly, I truly believe I kind of am a workaholic in some regards. I can attest uh, to that since I have employed this woman twice. Okay. I work hard. I put myself in that it's position amazing. and it becomes my life. And so when I would come home, I would surround myself with kind of that negative energy I was referring to earlier. Right. 
Right. And I needed to look for another outlet. And so I was beginning to explore different things for my body that I really wanted to try out um, that maybe would make me feel better. And to be honest, I was looking for a quick fix. I really was because I was like, well, I'm not feeling my best. I really, I just feel weighed down. Mm -hmm. And a friend actually gave me a bottle of kombucha. And I was hmm. having some really bad intestinal problems, just an aside, but it kind of led into this physical manifestation of what was going on at school. And when I had the kombucha, I felt really good. And I felt so good, I bought a lot of it. And I was buying so much of it, I'll just be honest, it was really wearing down on my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I literally just like, I, I'm a go-to go -to person. I should say I'm a fix-it person. I like to figure things out on my own. Of course, I go to the YouTube and I YouTube. Did you say the YouTube? I said the YouTube. That like is the Google. Awesome. You said the Google. Yeah, let's oh, go. yay. That's what happens when you hang out with people that are two decades older. You start saying silly things like that. <laughs> Thank you. So I go to the YouTube, okay? I go there and I type in, how do you make kombucha at home? And it was just a really unique process. And I decided to try making it. And hey, I found my creative outlet. And I was feeling really good making it. So I bring it to school and everybody, including my students, what is that? What are you making? What are you doing? And I had fun telling them about this process. And my coworkers wanted to try it. Some of them were like, that's disgusting. That smells weird. It's fermented, like Christine said. It does smell a little weird. I it smells funky, but it's that's the funky. beautiful thing about it. But yeah. over time, just to kind of wrap this up, essentially, I felt good. I was excited about it. And I hadn't felt that spark in such a long while while I was teaching. And I thought, huh. Could I grab onto this and could I pivot? I love that. And I look back on the timing <laughs> and I mean, talk about God's protection for you. Um, tell our listeners when you put in your notice and what was going on in the world at that time. Y'all, this is nuts. Okay. This is, okay. Um, I found that I wanted to pursue kombucha and I said, let's just go for it. Now, little did I know what an entire business would be like. So had I known this, would I have done it? Yeah, probably I would, but let's go back to that. I knew I wanted to jump and I was just gonna jump. And I don't, I really don't recommend this to people just jumping from a career, but <laughs> I was feeling so led to just go and I would figure it out because like I said, I feel like I'm a very figure it out person. I would find ways of income per You're se. resourceful. I'm resourceful, exactly. And so I wrote up my resignation letter. I was shaking, I was sweating in all the awkward places and I made a meeting with my principal and I sat down and I handed it to him I said, I'm out. No, I didn't say it like that. I was like, I'm going to go and I'd like to open an inclusive kombucha tap room. He was like, wow, okay. Um, is there any way we can keep you? And I was like, no. And I had to practice no before going in there because I was still shaking because I wanted to say, yeah, keep me. I, I can't do this. I'm just kidding and move out. But I said, no, I'm going to do it. And I put in my, my letter of resignation. Um, little did I know that literally the next day, the entire world was going to shut down because of COVID-19. Mm, and so it was so interesting because I told all my coworkers, but I hadn't told my students yet. And so uh, the next day at school, they said, hey, school's going to be shutting down. School's going to be shutting down. And no one knew. I don't think anyone knew the extent of what this is going to be like. But I'm like, I'll see you in a couple weeks, not knowing that that was going to be an abrupt ending to my teaching career where I would leave and, and not come back. So it was an interesting ending, but um, it also propelled me into a, a new atmosphere and actual more time to develop this new thing that I didn't know how to bring to life quite yet, but I knew I was going to get there. 
And this is where um, Lydia and I, um, our paths to where we find ourselves kind of converge a little bit because at, um, at that time uh, I was working in another law firm and we were sent home and just like Lydia discovered her resourcefulness and she had time to figure things out, all of a sudden I'm at home and I realized I can practice law from home. Hey, wait a minute, why am I working so hard to take care of somebody else's bottom line? And we actually were talking a lot, I think at that time, like, hey, what do you do with this? What is Zoom? I've never heard of Zoom. <laughs> we didn't know what Zoom was. And all of a sudden I'm appearing, quote unquote, in court on a computer, like what is this? But you find ways when you're put in situations where you, you figure shit out, you just do. And one of the things that you said is um, you don't recommend people just jump. And I wanted to highlight something because I think this is an important thing for our listeners to hear mm. and take to heart. One of, um, one of the most important things you did to prepare yourself to jump, if you will, is you got out of debt. Oh, yes. You took care of your finances. You had a plan. And because she is my best friend, I have been in her closet. And I've seen her chart where she paid down her debt ruthlessly. And I'm not saying you cannot jump and chase dreams while you're working on your debt. So please do not hear that. Please don't send me angry messages because I, I'm not the same uh, ruthless debt chaser that she is. However... When she made this radical change, she did burn the boats, but she had done preparation. Mm. And that's one of the things that I find so admirable about you chasing this dream is that you laid the groundwork. You didn't even know what you were laying the groundwork for, but you, you prepared the soil. So when you jumped, you weren't carrying these giant anvils with you and, and you know dragging around the ball and chain of debt. You had prepared yourself, so you had created that margin. Fair to say? Absolutely, and I'm glad you brought that up because that was a, a huge part of my life is just really years and years of paying down that debt. So I was very proud of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The student loans, other kinds of debt, and I've watched her do it, and I admired that deeply. So please hear that there's preparation. Mm -hmm. You don't just burn the boats and find yourself on an island that you can't afford to live on because that's not wise either. So there has to be some level of balance and planning while you're chasing your dream. Okay, so Lydia, let's talk real talk here because mm. I've watched your journey and it's been a zigzag. Oh. It's been a zigzag. You can say that again. And, and you've had... Um, probably what we would say some challenges along the way. Hmm. So um, before we talk about like the upsides, let's be, let's have some real talk. And what have been the challenges that you just talk about the ones that come most to the top of your mind, the challenges that you have with your chasing this amazing dream of living full kombucha. Yes. So unlike teaching that really to me was a, a clear roadmap, I would go to a class and figure out I would be taught how to do things. I jumped, essentially burned my boats, and I went through, how do I become an entrepreneur? I went back to the Google, and I tell you, I <laughs> typed in, what is an LLC? What is a sole proprietorship? How do I make a website? Uh, how do I buy bottles? What do I do for this? So the logistics of starting something and knowing how to grow it uh, was absolutely one of the most challenging things, just in a nutshell. But also, it was a very big challenge mentally that mm -hmm. I think is extremely important to bring up because... Not a lot of people are dream chasers. And True. especially at that early infancy stage, you're so excited about your dreams. 
Right. But when you want to share it with somebody and you're not to a certain point about it, a lot of people will say, oh, that's nice, but have you thought about this? And they mean well. Don't get me wrong. Doesn't it remind you of like when, you know, I mean, I know you don't have kids, but like you don't know this concept. Like when you introduce your baby or you tell them what your baby name is going to be and everyone just feels free to comment on it. That's cute. I mean, it's not the perfect analogy, but it's like, oh, your dream's so cute, but Mm -hmm. they're going to get made fun of. Yes, exactly. And people want to project their fears on your dream. And this is something I really want you to listen to here is that you are the one that was given this dream. You are the one that was given this goal, whatever you're looking towards. And you're the only one that can bring it to fruition. So be selective at first about who you want to share your dream with because uh, you're going to be not shot down, but denied or, you know, oh, you know, just in general, told that you might not be able to do it. And so just kind of being excited at the beginning and keeping that excitement up because at the beginning, it's like the honeymoon phase. Oh, this is great. I got this. I'm doing it. This is new. And then you got to stay consistent and you got to learn every single day. And that was really tough on me. And there aren't a lot of people in this dream chasing mode that can come alongside you. And it's quite lonely, which is why I think our relationship has really grown since we have started pursuing our dreams so much more because we're one of the only ones in our circles that can understand each other's dreams. Or even if we don't understand it, we know their passion behind it. We know their zest for it. And we want to support that while they figure it out. Okay. So... I'm glad you said it like that, and I'm glad you brought it back to to the friendship because I'm going to keep banging the drum of building a tribe. It's a theme in Girl Out of Order because I want to build bridges among all women. So you brought it back to the whole, like, drew us closer, and I thought back to, like, you started this business in the summer of 2020. Mm-hmm. I started my law firm in December of 2020. Then I started my podcast in April 1st of 2021. And we were like, I mean, it reminds me of, you know, people playing pin the tail on the donkey. We were blindfolded, spun around, and told to go out and make our dreams happen. And that felt really dizzying. Yes. But I never, ever worried about being judged or condemned or criticized. Not that you would ever, it's just not your who you are, but I could be so authentic and real. Do you remember when I started my law firm and I wasn't eating? Mm, Yeah, it was a dark time. It was a very dark time. And who did I call? I called you and, bitch, you made me send you pictures of my plates. Yeah, or I came over made sure you ate. And I, I only share that story because it isn't just the best friendship, although that was the foundation. It was the understanding that I was chasing a new dream and my best friend was chasing her new dream and she wasn't about to let me go under. And so back to the banging the drum of the tribe, which I'm just going to keep doing, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So you talked about some challenges. What would you say are some of the like the greatest joys, like what is, what gets you up out of bed? Like what, because I don't, I know you and I know you don't have regrets Mm-mm. about starting living full kombucha. No. I know you have some wobbliness here and there, but tell the, tell our listeners what your greatest joys are about being a dream chaser. My greatest joys, a few come to mind. I know we've just referenced the Enneagram, but if you've met me and just get to know me, I find energy from being around people. Mm-hmm. And yes, this, you do. this job has brought me around so many people that I would have never met if I stayed in my traditional career path. And especially out at the farmer's markets, you meet everybody <laughs> at the farmer's market. And it's All not, kinds. Oh, my goodness. And it's not just about a sale. And that's actually something that I'm really proud of is that I form relationships with everybody that comes up to my booth. 
And it's just been a joy to meet people wherever they're coming from. And uh, kombucha is the catalyst, essentially, is what I like to say, of a community that I'm trying to build. So uh, number one is the people that I've met. But number two, I am damn proud of the grit that I have established because there are so many hard things or long days where I literally will say out loud, I'm freaking dumb. Like, I can't, I can't do this. I'm done, okay? I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And yet... I find a way to do it, and I'm so proud. Grit. And also, also this job has given me really good muscles. Dude, you like, are the skinniest friend I have. <laughs> and she just showed me this reel she made, and I'm like, sun's out, guns out. I mean, wow. Talk about muscles on my skinny friend. I'm sorry. That's just a fun no, little it's joy. Funny. It's funny because, you know, um, I don't homebrew anymore. I brew out of a brewery. And so to move liquid, should I thought of this beforehand, moving liquid is heavy, duh. But moving large amounts, I got to put them in kegs. Like my parents would be so proud if they saw the kegs that I was lifting. <laughs> Seriously, but I lift these kegs like it is nothing anymore. So like my muscles, mm, just... Just good. And I and I used to be the friend with the big muscles. You still are. Oh, yeah, I am. We got to so. get muscle shirts. That's what yeah. we're going to do. Oh, we're going to Oh, that's right. Go back to the merch. We get muscle shirts. But now you can actually wear them. <laughs> I know you have a lot more joys with your business, but I have to tell just a little story. So the first time I saw Lydia at a farmer's market, um, she didn't know. And I don't think I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure she knows now. But um, I stood back for what felt like five or ten minutes she didn't know I was there, and I'm going to cry. I just watched her, um, and I watched the, her customers' interactions with her and the way that they just adore her, and I I felt so damn proud. And what was so cool is I've, I've known her through the insecurities of starting this business, but when she's in her zone and she's teaching people about a living beverage that improves their health, she just flourishes she's like this beautiful colorful hot air balloon with hot air and soaring because that's what she's doing when she's serving that's one of the things that she and I have so deeply in common mm -hmm. we are very different human beings with very different life stages and life choices but we are bound together frankly by our heart to serve and how it energizes us 100%. So, let's bring this home. I'm in home. I'm at your home. I'm, this is my okay. home. Okay, I didn't say bring it to my home. Okay. Sorry. Let's bring it home for our listeners. All right. What, Lydia, would you say to women who feel restless where they are but are afraid to chase a new dream? Similar to where you and I were in 2019, we knew there was something more, something different, something bigger and we were restless, but what would you say to them to encourage them to become dream chasers? Yes, I would say, I would say, don't be afraid to take action. And now when you hear the word action, to me, I know it almost represents like, oh, I gotta change, pivot, do all this stuff. No, research something that brings you joy. Okay, research a recipe on the YouTube and make some kombucha. You know, see, see where my action started, okay? Um, you get where I'm going. But taking a little bit of action will lead you to some more concise 
decisions whether or not you want to pursue that more. And here's the other thing that I've really learned in this is that even though I've pursued something and really put action to it, I also might find out that it's not what I want to do. And that's super important to your path as well. There's never a dead end. It's just a turnaround, okay? And so when you go down a path and you're like, oh, this isn't working for me, turn around and go try something else. But you tried the action and you learned through it. Okay. And I think that's one of the biggest things for me is that you pursue something with action and whether that be a little side job. Okay. Maybe like for, okay. I'll just be honest with you real quick. So when I was teaching and I wanted to make this, this turnaround and I didn't want to teach anymore, I, I held a grip onto my teaching license. I could always go back. I could always go back. There was a safety net I had, right? I remember that. I did. I never wanted to let it go. Cause what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? But I found another position. I was a bartender that made kombucha and they showed me around and I found my feet there, but I still subbed on the side. Okay. Do you see that little action that I did? I tried it, but I still wasn't all the way stretched out. Right? So trying that action and being consistent in the action. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up is to be consistent with the action that you are trying and you're going to get some really clear decisions as to what you need to do next. And so for me, I actually started another podcast about living tiny. Did you know this, Christine? What? I had another podcast and I did three of them because I knew that there was a living podcast. Living tiny? Living simple, living small. That was my podcast. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. I had started this because again, I wanted to do a podcast. I felt called to communicate with people, but I took action on it and I realized well, that's not it. Then I did a food one and I did food recipes. I took pictures. I don't want to oh, take pictures. come on. I'm terrible at it. You see my Android. I hate it. Anyway, that's all to yes, say we're, that. We're, uh, oh. Dear listeners, oh. please send Lydia a lot of messages about finally coming over to the dark side of Apple so we can FaceTime. Okay. Yeah. That's all Done to say that. that I tried the action. I knew it wasn't for me. And then there was kombucha because there was already people asking me at school, how do you make this? I was finding joy explaining it. And so I explored that avenue and whoa, here I am today. So explore and take action on some of those dreams that you have, no matter how little they are. Okay. I had to write this down. Never a dead end, just a turnaround. What a beautiful way to look at this. And I also like what Lydia has said is try things, research things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. That is the place to start because you don't want to pivot. You don't want to be a dream chaser of a, of a dream that actually doesn't bring you joy because then you're just going to end up right back where you started, which is in a place you know you don't belong. Um, but trying things, being brave, being willing to pivot, yes. even after you've done the big pivot, yes. there's all kinds of mini pivots. I mean, look at how many pivots we've both made in our career path. And, and you know, I mean, when I started, my, even my Instagram page, it was Mama Gale Girl Tribe. That, mm -hmm. What was that? I don't know what that was. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a parenting website, not what I was aiming for. So it's like, you just, you go through these phases and these, um, these different um, iterations. I love that word. I don't know if I could define it but it sounds appropriate. Mm -hmm. But you go through the different iterations of your dream. And so be brave, be creative, and chase joy. Yes. And also be messy with your action. It's okay. I think that's what you were saying too, is that you go to a turnaround, okay? And you realize, whoops, I messed up. You probably haven't done this before. Give yourself a little bit of grace. You're gonna mess up a lot. In fact, I messed up three times last week. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. And it will continue to happen because you're taking action and you're figuring out what brings you that joy. So I love what you said, Christine. That was great. And the last thing I would say with regards to speaking to women who know they need to be chasing a different dream, mm. grace. Please, please, please embrace grace, not only for your dream, for yourself, and ask for grace. 
from the people that you love most. Because as you're figuring this out, you're going to stumble and that has to be okay. And if you're not willing to stumble, you're probably not willing to jump. So grace, grace, grace is huge. And also grace with friends because there has been so many times, Christine, that you didn't give yourself grace and you called out to me saying, oh my gosh, I'm doing this, 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 this wrong. I'm like, my girl, give yourself some grace and vice versa where I'm just like, oh my God, I can't do this. And you're telling me, hey, it's okay. It's totally fine. So finding some more people in that tribe, like you're referencing before, yeah. makes a world of a difference when you give yourself grace, but you also have those people in your circle who encourage you to practice that. And I said last thing, but I've got one more thing because something that you've done way better than me, something I really want to model is you plugged into masterminds and communities of like-minded entrepreneurs. And I think that has been huge for you. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we're going to wrap it up with this question. And I'm going to be asking all of my all of my guests this question, these dream chasers. What are your top three routines that energize you and keep you focused on chasing your dreams? Hmm. I love that. I'm really excited to hear with this series what other people have to answer this. Mm -hmm. But for me, I would say number one, and I don't know if these are cliche or not, but I said I was a workaholic and there's a lot of times where I just am so grind, grind, grind all the time where... Uh, Taking the time to go outside really energizes me. And specifically, I love the woods. I have a path that I love to go on. And I listen, I put on my Spotify or, you know, on my phone, bird is it, sounds. Is it the Spotify? The Spotify. Yeah. I literally mm -hmm. Google or, you know, search bird sounds. And I listen to bird sounds oh. while I'm walking through the forest. And I tell you. Why don't you just listen to the birds? Because it energizes me on my Spotify. More birds? Yeah, even okay. more. more, girl, more girl, you go. These are your these Energize. are your routines. Hey, you should try it. <laughs> also, I think there was a study about listening to birds actually helps you feel better and more optimistic about life overall. It's really? a thing. I think there's a journal article about it, but it just makes me happy to listen to birds. All right, birds. Yes. Oh, outside. Outside birds. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my god. Are we on number two or number three? <laughs> number two. Okay. Uh, number two. Um, I just keep exploring my health and I have found some really great herbs that really help me. And so I've been trying to do specific herbs in the morning. And for me, nettle and oat straw. And I'd love for you to look these up. Don't even know what those are. These are a protein ritz energizing teas. And when I have them in the morning, it really jump starts my day and it grounds me. So nettle and oat straw. And it's really great for female uh, health as well. So it really, it specifically really, really helps me tune in my day. And then number three, I love to read. I love, mom, if you asked me when I was uh, five years old, where's your favorite place to be? I would say library. If you asked me at 32, where's your favorite place to be? I'd say the library. And I love being in the library, looking at all new books, and whether that be fiction or you know nonfiction, I'm always at the library. I find joy being there. So those are the top three. All right, so nettle and oat straw, <laughs> all new to me. Um, Maybe, Lydia, if you could get me... I'll make uh, a, a kombucha out of it. No, oh, you could do that, too. But for the purposes of the podcast, maybe if you could... Uh, we'll put something in the resources because I'm going to be reading it, too. I don't know what that is. All right. So, Lydia, you said you had a podcast. What is the name of your podcast? Yes. It's very simple because it's the name of my business, Living Full Kombucha. And it's called the Living Full Kombucha Podcast. And it's just what I deem my verbal journal. So I just document my journey from teacher to 
taproom owner and entrepreneur. That's awesome. So please subscribe to Lydia's podcast. And where do you live? Um, where can people find you on socials? Where, where can people find out about your business and about your journey other than your podcast? Yeah, so my, my website is livingfullkombucha.com. You can kind of get an idea of, of our products and things like that. But if you live around the area, I'm based out of more of the Kenosha, Wisconsin area. And I have farmer's markets and things. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at livingfullkombucha. And I'm very active over there. So I do lots of stories and things. And we she just does. have fun over there. They're super cute. Mm-hmm. Well, you're super cute. Thanks, Well, this is our first guest, our first Dream Chaser guest. Ah, this is we like did it. four years in the making wanting to have you on my podcast. And I hope you guys have been inspired by Lydia's unconventional path to chasing her dreams. Um, she is truly an inspiration. And I'm not just saying that because she's my bestie, but because she truly lives out her dreams. She lives with integrity. She is congruent and she is consistent. So if you want to be inspired, please look into Living Full Kombucha because not only will you be inspired by Lydia's journey, but I've come over to the dark side. I actually like kombucha now, especially hers. Hers is the best, by the way, in the whole entire market. Thank you. Now that I'm definitely biased. Thank you so much for joining. I love you. I love you too.